you found this podcast because you're a mom who wants to disrupt what is expected of you. You're passion-focused, purpose-driven, and ready to break through to your own version of success and finally build a life and business that is totally on your own terms and led from your inner guidance system. You're not interested in replicating what someone else told you was successful. You're 100% ready to design your own reality in life and business. And you're here for it. All of it. I see you. I hear you. I am you. So let's get started in turning our dreams into bite-sized actionable steps to launch forward toward our dreamy, soulful, fulfilling, and joyful lives and businesses. Welcome to the Moms with a Purpose show. Hi, Taylor. Welcome to the Moms with a Purpose podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you and to get to know you all about your business and what you do to help uh, women and moms. So let's dive in a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your family, all those good things, how many kids you have? Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. So my name is Taylor. I am a mom of one. I have a four-year-old toddler. Her name is Kara. Uh, We live in Arizona, but we are originally from Colorado, so we have already traveled a lot. She's lived in Colorado. She's lived in Texas. Now we've settled here. I don't even know sometimes how to describe everything that's happened. I am now a full-time women's coach. I don't steer men away by any means, but I do tend to attract more women, and I work in more like spiritual and holistic healing, so... That is something that comes up a lot with my kiddo. We do a lot of like yoga together, nature hikes together, sound healing, those types of things. And yeah, full-time coaching. I tend to do it from a holistic perspective. You know, we are, of course, a body, but I believe that we're also like a body and a soul and a higher purpose all entwined in one. So I have a background in psychology That's what I did my bachelor's in. I did a double major in psychology and human development. And then I went on and got my master's in teaching. I was an elementary school educator for seven years. And during, you know, the pandemic and that great big pause, I was spending so much time at home with my kiddo. And then things started reopening. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to leave my kid. I don't want to go back to the way things were. I've had so much time to sit and develop who I am and work on my relationship with my kiddo, which I don't think was in a bad place by any means, but just having that bonding time. And I was like, well, I don't really know where I'm going to go with this. So I kind of chopped everything up to spirit and decided I was going to quit teaching and become a certified coach. And instead of focusing just on the psychology of it all, I was going to start bringing in some little pieces. And that's what I do now full time. I love that. And I can so, so relate to that whole just kind of reevaluating things in your life during that time. Similar things happened to me. I wasn't a teacher, but I worked for a major corporation and I walked away from it as well. So definitely like a very similar 
story. Um, I also have one daughter, so I can relate to that as well. But I love that you said you kind of bring her into your practices. I absolutely love that. I do the same with my daughter. It's a great bonding experience. And I mean, it's a big part of my day. And, you know, as mom, you can't really have a part of your day that isn't somehow intertwined with their day and vice versa. And so it was like, well, what am I going to do? Just never do it around you? Or do we, I guess, start having these conversations early? And I opted for the latter. So we talk about all kinds of stuff at an age-appropriate level. Her yoga stretches are something to be seen, for sure. A hot mess, but I think it's healthy. I think it's good. And I also, how often do you really ever get a spare minute to do something just by yourself? So got to find a way to make it work. For sure. Yeah, you have to work it in somehow. And I think like it's so amazing as well. I don't know if you've noticed this, but with like kids, they are so just intuitive by nature. And it's amazing. Some of the things they say, they just say it without editing it. And you're like, wow, like, where did that come from? (laughs) And it is, it's such, it's simple wisdom, right? And it seems we hear it and we're like, wow, how did you know that? But I think that at some point we all probably knew that. We all probably saw things like that. Uh, When I was teaching, I loved just, you know, a quick transition, do some quick breathing. The kids would ask in the morning, like, we didn't do morning yoga. It was literally five minutes of our day. Um, But it had such a huge impact in seeing them be like, I feel so much better. I feel calm. I felt like hearing it from the mouth of babes, you know, without scripting, without prompting to see that these things do have an impact. It was really nice at the time. And it felt very reaffirming. It's also one of the reasons that I chose to leave because that's kind of frowned upon in the education system, but nobody can tell me that I can't do it at home. So that's nice. So we're going to do it at home. Yeah, for sure. What kind of sparked your interest in spirituality, all things woo? And that is the name of your podcast as well, right? You have a podcast called all things woo. Can you talk about just like What sparked your interest in it? How did you sort of get there, a story behind it or anything? And then you can talk about your podcast as well if you want to. Sure. Um, I feel like my interest was familial. It started because my dad was actually a pagan, a practicing pagan. I was raised with that. My mom, however, was not. My mom's a Christian. And so... They've never mentioned that that contributed to their divorce. I think there were so many other things that it just never made it like to the surface. But I imagine that would have been an issue at some point. So I grew up in a split home. You know, I spent every other weekend at my dad's house, 90% of the time at my mom's house. And when I was with my mom, things were just very traditional, I would say. Her side of the family is very like conservative. Um, You have to get a nine to five. You have to have a 401k. You have to have a respectable job. We don't rock the bow. And then I would go to my dad's house and it was like, do what you want. Do what you feel called to do. Um, My grandmother is actually a psychic medium. So there was a lot, a lot growing up with that about communicating with spirits and offerings to the ancestors, um, the full moon magic, that kind of stuff. And it was definitely frowned upon in my mom's home. And she was like, that stuff is so weird. It's crazy. Like, I think you people probably need to be committed. You're a child. We're not. I think she still thinks I need to be committed sometimes. 
but it was just kind of, you know, she had such a distaste for it and I couldn't understand it until I would say I was probably about 10 and my great grandfather passed. So my mom's grandfather passed and he came to visit uh, just to say his goodbyes, you know, much as like a guardian angel or a spirit guide or somebody would. And all of us kids had these profound dreams and reactions. And my siblings were all younger than me. And we all woke up talking about my grandfather and all these things that he had said and things that we couldn't have possibly known. And I guess my mom had seen him too and was willing to chalk it up to like a dream. But when four kids in the house talking about a spirit that's come to visit, you can't really brush it aside. And um, in that moment, there was a lot of healing. I think it was really good for her. But she mentioned it and she was like, I just don't want you to be like your grandma. I just don't want you to always open up and channel these things. I don't want you to talk to them all the time. I don't want you using that gift. And I was kind of like, is that acknowledgement? Is that, is that confirmation? So it was a huge, huge moment in my childhood. And as much as she didn't like it, I was like, that's definitely something that calls to me. That's something that I want to be doing. And so I did. So I have read tarot for about 15 years now. My grandma gifted me my first deck when I was 12. So I've read a lot of tarot. I wouldn't claim the title of a medium. I don't think that my skills are that honed, but the Claire audience and the Claire sentience are really strong. My daughter, on the other hand, absolutely, absolutely an open channel, constantly seeing things, inviting things, interacting with things. Our house is a very active spot. I've always been one to really vocalize, you know, if you're here, show me that you're here. Uh, If you want to communicate, give me a more open sign, not in like the, not like a demon hunting thing that you see on like TV, you know, but in the, if you're here, give me a sign. Like. You can move something, you can bang something, you can, you know, just something that tells me that you're here. And they tend to choose more subtle things, like a light will go off or something. But uh, for all purposes, it's a very active household. And I think that takes some adjusting for other people, but it wasn't necessarily something that I could move away from, if that makes sense. At this point, it's been ingrained in my life forever. And my daughter as well, especially after she was born, everything like tenfold. Here she is. She talks to people. She gets these downloads, all kinds of stuff. And I never wanted to teach her that necessarily because I didn't want to like put that on her because, you know, at the end of the day, they're only toddlers and she did it on her own. She had messages on her own. She was going out and grounding on her own. Uh, She'll sit and breathe on her own things that like I never explicitly taught her. And she's like, this is what I have to do right now. And I was like, well, I guess we're going to roll in that direction then. So, Yeah, (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And for, I guess for listeners who are not familiar with like Claire audience, Claire sentience, like those different concepts, can you like talk about that a little bit? Because like we all sort of, all of us have something like that, that we're psychically connected to in some way is what I've come to realize, but some people's are stronger than others, right? Yes. I think of any psychic ability as like, everybody has the ability to play soccer, right? You and I could go out on a field and we could kick a soccer ball around. Would we compare to professional athletes? No. And like our toddlers could go out there with us and they could kick a ball around too. And, you know, you might 
practice a lot and you might get better at it and you can improve, but you still might not be like quite at athlete level. I think of psychic abilities like that. Everybody has some innate ability and with practice, you can get better. And some of those abilities might just not be quite in your realm. So Claire audience is probably my strongest Claire sense. And any Claire sense is really just seeing or interacting with something that wouldn't typically be there. That was a horrible explanation. A Claire sense is reacting with something beyond. So I don't want to use the word seeing because, you know, some people actually see spirits more often than others. But Claire audience is where you hear, like you hear spirits really well, or you hear guides, or you hear from the other side. And it's kind of like getting a download. Like just all of a sudden you have this knowledge or all of a sudden you hear this thing and it's like a pulling on your shoulder, like, Hey, Hey, they really need you to talk about this. Or I really need you to do this or something. And so when you relay that message, you'll be like, I'm getting the sense that, you know, you really have this and this going on. People are like, Oh my gosh, how did you know that? Well, I didn't know that, but you know, somebody on this other side or one of your guides or somebody does. And Claire sentience is really like being able to sense other people's emotions, essentially more of like an intuitive, I can relate with what you're going through. It's more empathetic. It's I can feel where you're at and that works on both ends. So you might feel more open to people in situations and you're like, Hey, I can tell this really bothered you in this way. And people will be like, how did you know that? Like, I haven't talked about that. And when it works on the spirit side, it's more of this person is trying to come through because they have something normally like a goodbye or like a final message or a, Hey, I'm okay. Like, please, please let my family know I'm okay. Um, those kinds of things, not to be confused with like being an empathetic person, because I think that there's different levels of that. But like, when you get those hits of you can see somebody and be like, Oh, I know that you just had a loved one pass because I can feel it on your end and I feel them here. So it's kind of like a two way, two way line. There are other senses as well. There's other players. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so I can see that really like having those sort of gifts really helping, you know, when you're working with coaching clients and kind of sensing, you know, if you're working one-to-one with somebody and you kind of sense those things, it could really probably benefit the relationship and the coaching experience, right? I think I think it does if you're open to it. It's definitely not something that you just walk around and you're like, hey, by the way, just wanted to tell you I have a message or anything like that. You have to be very careful with it. Um, so that's something that I lead with very early on. Like, do you, are you looking for more intuitive, open-ended, spiritual coaching? Or are you looking for just traditional, let's sit down, stick by the book and focus on the psychology piece? So I think both have pros and cons. But it's definitely something of like, you have to be open and willing to have that relationship. And it also takes a lot of introspection, I think, because if you're sitting there telling me, no, this is fine. This is great. This is awesome. I've been doing this and this and I can pick up that you're not. And then it's like, so are you actually doing that thing? Like, do you really want somebody to poke at it and hold you accountable? Or do we want to lie to ourselves a little bit? So I think it's great if you're willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. And I love how you distinguish that, like you sort of establish that and ask the client ahead of time, like, would you like to go more in the spiritual direction? Or would you like to go more in like a traditional direction, like kind of leaving it up to them. And I think that is just huge, like, you know, having that 
like client consent and just give puts all that trust in that relationship. I I hope it does. So far, I haven't worked with anybody that's been like, no, that's not for me. Probably because it can be really polarizing. You know, people will listen to it and they'll be like, you're absolutely crazy. Or people will be like, that's like a level of healing that I need. And so if it's not for them, then you don't push it and hope that when they are ready, they know that you're there. Yeah, for sure. So can you describe sort of like this idea of spiritual health and wellness and what does that mean and how can moms like add a daily practice of spiritual wellness to their life? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the definition is different for everybody. So nobody has to take my definition and jive with it a hundred percent, but To me, spiritual health and wellness is really just taking the time to be present and aware in your body while also acknowledging that there is more around us. There are deeper things around us. We're not just here to get a job, make nine to five, make money and pass over. We're here to impact each other and live in that connection and share our wisdom. And for me, it's how do you do that on a daily basis? I have an eight-week program that is really centered around that intuitive piece. Like, what does that look like for me? What would that look like in my lifestyle with my unique skill set, with the people that I know in my daily life? How would my unique imprint have that impact? Um, Because it's all a ripple effect. Once one person starts and you touch another person, then in their way they start. And I have to say, openly and honestly, I think it's really hard for moms. I think it's really hard. Uh, Not to say that you, you know, that it's not hard for those that don't have kids. I think in this space where it's okay to say, you know, moms have it hard. It's hard to, (laughs) it's hard to make time for yourself and it's hard to balance that. You know, I think about that all the time. I'm like, am I doing this and pushing it on my kid? Am I allowing my kid to be autonomous enough? Am I doing enough? for them every day. And I feel like that's a cycle that moms get stuck in more than anything else is, am I doing enough for them every day? Right? Because that comes to the forefront of your mind as soon as you have kids is, did they eat enough vegetables today? Did they play enough? Are they getting too much screen time? Um, Did they watch too much YouTube? Are they eating too many goldfish? Did we read enough books? I mean, it's like a never ending. Are they in enough sports? Do Do they need more sports? Do they need less sports? Are they sleeping enough? Like it's a constant worry cycle. And uh, from what I can tell and from the women that I've worked with so far, the biggest challenge is shutting that piece of your brain off, like that little piece of your mom brain off long enough to be like, it's okay if I take an hour a day to myself. It's okay if I take 30 minutes to myself. It's okay if I take 10 minutes to myself. That has absolutely nothing to do with your child or children. And it's hard. And I think it's really uncomfortable. And it all comes back to, you know, I know for a fact when I sleep eight hours a night, I'm a much happier mom when I wake up, (laughs) when I don't feel sick, when I get the opportunity to go to lunch with adults and talk about adult things for an hour and a half. And then I come back recharged, right? It's just different ways of recharging your batteries. And what I see a lot is, you know, across all different lifestyles, I've worked with all kinds of moms. 
that, you know, have a partner, don't have a partner, work a full-time job, work from home, stay at home moms, army wives. And it really, none of those things at the end of the day seem to matter because no matter what the situation is, nobody feels like they're doing enough. It doesn't matter. All of them, like some of them, I listen to them and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be you when I grow up. And they're like, uh, and it's not enough. And I'm like, who says it's not enough? Like who says that? So if you're just starting, like if you're a mom that's just starting out in whether it's to build like intuitive abilities and connect with spirit or just to live like a happier, healthier you, I say start with like five minutes, 10 minutes, intentional breathing. That's the most underrated thing that you could possibly do. And it's free. When I started, it was because I was a single mom in debt, moved away from my ex, had no money to my name, had no money to pour into resources by any stretch of the imagination. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? So looking up on YouTube, like how to ground, how to connect, um, how to do this. And I found, you know, like intentional breathing. Great way. Sit in silence. Five minutes. Even if you're like already in bed exhausted, if you fall asleep and you only make it to three, then great. You did three. That's better than none. Deep breathing. Journaling is another big one, which sounds so silly. I know, but it's one of the most underrated practices ever. It can be just like a brain dump. Just write down everything that you're thinking about. Write down your to-do list. Write down what you liked about the day. Write down what you want to change. Desires, you know, those kinds of things. Taking a shower. I know that even taking a shower by yourself at some point can be difficult, but you know, just taking a shower and visualizing, like I'm washing away this day. I'm moving away from this cooking dinner, right? We all have to feed the munchkins. Some weeks my kiddo lives on chicken nuggets. It just is what it is. But just being thankful and intentional. Like I'm so glad that I have vegetables that I get to cut and put in this pan. I'm so glad that I have something grounding to feed my family. Um, Just those small, small practices that require that you can do with a kid there or with a kid in the other room, I think are a really good way to just start. Sipping morning coffee and just being like, I'm so thankful for this cup of coffee right now. I'm going to enjoy it. I know that when I do that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have this cup of coffee. And I'm picturing being on the beach. And then the mom, 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 mom starts halfway through. And I'm like, okay, we're leaving the beach. But just a couple minutes a day. I would say that that is the biggest thing. The biggest piece is to just start. And once you do it like one or two times throughout the day, you realize, oh, I have like three minutes in here that I could do just like a mental check-in. I could do some deep breathing for three minutes, something like that. For sure. Yes. I totally a hundred percent agree with that. I talk about that a lot too. Even if you only have five minutes a day, you can fit something in there. And I tend to break it up now instead of putting so much pressure on myself to like do it all at once. I just like if I have a few minutes here, I'll do something. Then I'll do a few minutes when I'm like I take a break after another task and then just split it up if you feel so overwhelmed by like doing it all at once. Yes, absolutely. And like on the psychology end of that, like it's been proven that the smaller portions that you can chunk your stuff into, not only does it build like that neural strength and that positivity, but like you feel more accomplished. If you do two five minute things instead of knocking out a whole hour for the day, like it builds that same endorphin response. And it'll be like, oh, I did something great. It gives you a boost of serotonin, gives you some happy fuel, gives you all of the good things. So if you're like, I don't have time for this because I normally don't. I really feel like I never have time for anything. I'm like, okay, 
I did three minutes here. I did two minutes there. I was waiting in line at Starbucks this morning and I breathed for two minutes there. Like that adds up. It's a whole lot better than sitting down at the end of the day and being like, oh my gosh, I didn't get an entire hour and a half straight of yoga or journaling or reading. Like, ain't nobody got time for that. That's what I think of all the time. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure. And if there is a day where it happens where you do get like 40 minutes straight of something, then it's like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like relish that moment. But yeah, we don't have that every day for sure. (laughs) No. And I think it's unrealistic to act like we do. And then like, I don't know, for me, I hear about all these gurus and like people like spiritual gurus and and influential coaches and all these people that I look up to. And sometimes it's still hard to not get stuck in that cycle where they're like, I wake up at 4am every morning and I start my day with a run or this and this and this. I'm like, okay, but like, you also have like a living nanny and a chef and this and this and this now. So like your day looks nothing like my day. Calm down. I have to remind myself like it's not, it's not really how it works. Definitely. Yeah. And I think also like a lot of moms kind of beat themselves up for not, you know, feeling like they don't want to wake up that early or like they have, like they have put this pressure on themselves. Like I have to do this because that guru said I have to wake up at 5am. But like, what if you just don't want to wake up at 5am? You feel better waking up at 645 and that's your like optimal wake up time. Like there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) No. And that's, that's the other thing to think about, right? Is in this age of like social media and Instagram and TikTok and all these, like where all this information is accessible pretty much at any point in time, you hear so many different things and people being like, use discipline. If you want it, wake up. If you want it, do this. If you commit to it, do this. And you're like, it's not that I don't want it. It's that I maybe need a couple hours of sleep. You know, like everybody's situation is different. Or like you said, like optimal wake up time. I am a morning person. I up out of bed 5am. Great. But come like 11 o'clock, I'm at the end of my productivity. I'm done. A couple of really good productive hours in the morning and I am done. And instead of being upset about that and like holding myself in the space of like, wow, you needed to do more. You could have given more. No, I'm going to utilize those morning hours and I'm going to take the rest of the day to do what I want. Fill my cup up, do those things building your own practice, right? Like what works for you? What works for your family? What works for your lifestyle? Because even with you and I sitting here, like we can be in agreement about, yeah, chunk your days, do it in a couple of minutes. But your toddler is vastly different than my toddler. And what works for mine won't work for yours. So even within those realms, like what works for you? I think that's huge. Yes, very huge. Yeah, I find like a lot of times in personal development coaching and in that industry, there tends to be a lot of like, well, just do this and it worked for me. I think especially with moms is what I've noticed in, you know, in having all these chats with different moms around the world and in just being in this space, it's like, it doesn't work that way for us. (laughs) Like we have to figure out what works best for our individual situations. Yeah. And they, and they go through those weird um, growth periods, right? Like, One day my kid loves chicken nuggets. The next day we won't eat anything that's purple. The next day we hate bananas. I'm like, you just ate three bananas yesterday. What are you talking about? So from like, you know, those small changes to the big ones, you know, they, they grow, they get their teeth, their sleep schedules, what they like. They love this TV show. Then we're done with it. 
I don't want to go to the park today because now all of a sudden my toddler thinks that she can rollerblade. And I'm like, you've never even tried. Where did this come from? But now we're on a rollerblade kit. You just have to be flexible. So I think holding yourselves to these like ridiculous, then they are, they're ridiculous. I think having structure is great, but they're ridiculous standards that we put on everybody to just wake up, just go work out. If you wanted to, you would. Doesn't work like that. No. Yeah, definitely doesn't work like that. I agree. So you talked a little bit about like doing breathing techniques, breath work. Can you talk a little bit more about like what is one, maybe you can share with us and the uh, the moms listening, like what's a good breath work technique that they could do in like maybe less than five minutes? Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, you know, I stumbled on breath work um, a couple of years ago when I was flat broke. I had no money to my name. I was leaving my daughter's father like all around the turbulent time, right? And I was just trying to find anything in like the self-help world. And I always heard about meditation and, you know, you can YouTube and Google like guided meditations. And I suck at meditation. Even now, like even years into this practice, like traditional meditation does not work for me. I don't like to sit. There are going to be people out there that argue, well, you're not doing it right. And you haven't practiced enough. That may be. That that could totally be it. I don't like meditating. And if I was getting into it, it was because I was falling asleep. And obviously, if you're meditating, you shouldn't be falling asleep. So I was looking in that realm of things to do. And it was like guided breathwork session. And I was like, I mean, how hard can that be? I know how to breathe. And so I started looking it up on YouTube and going through different things. And it's essentially like a form of active meditation where it'll still calm your body down, help you with your heart rate, calm all of your systems and allow you clarity. Um, It also mimics the effects of no different drugs in your brain on on a healthy level, all with breathing guys. It's okay. You're not doing anything. But, you know, like the happy, the feel good, the strong emotion, um, the visualizing, it activates all of that. And all you need is your own body. So I got really into that and I loved it. And I noticed, yeah, I did. I did have less symptoms of anxiety. If I did it before bed, I was sleeping better. And then I was listening to all the info around it about like, did you know that most people breathe wrong? And I was like, okay, that'll be good. Great. Great. Go ahead and tell me how I breathe wrong. I'm a big skeptic about most things, actually. So when people are like, do you really vouch for this practice or do you really do? Yeah, I really do. Because I'm like the biggest skeptic ever. Ironic, I guess, because, you know, I see dead people, but whatever. (laughs) The easiest way, like a really, really simple one that you can do just while you're listening to this is if you sit up straight and you elongate your spine (laughs) and you put a hand on your belly lower abdomen area and one hand on your chest. And what you'll notice typically is that when you talk, the hand on your chest goes up and down. It moves as you're speaking, right? Makes sense. You breathe from your diaphragm. And what should be happening is when you're breathing, the only place that really should be moving is the hand on your belly. And this is because most people tend to take shallow breaths that only go into this like top portion of their lungs. They're not expanding it throughout. So it takes a couple of times. It took me a couple of minutes to figure out this like new feeling. But sitting with your hand on your lower belly, breathing in and filling your stomach like you would fill a balloon and you should feel it expanding. And then when you let it out, you can do it either like silently through your nose or if you're just starting, I actually recommend like the open mouth just getting it all out. 
and it goes all the way through your system and it releases like stagnant air, stagnant energy. It allows you that deep breath feeling. You know, if you ever like yawned and you're like, oh, I can't get enough air. Why do I need to breathe more? It's because it's not going all the way down through your body the way that it's designed to. So if anybody hasn't practiced that before, I highly, highly recommend just practicing belly breathing. But if you master the belly breathing and you're looking for a quick method, try the box method. I've heard it called the box method and the four by four method. But essentially what you're going to do is you're going to breathe in for a four count. Hold it for a four count, breathe it out for a four count, and then you bring it all back together by going back in for another four. So in, hold, out, in for four counts each. And because your brain is counting the four seconds and your body is doing the active breathing, it helps put you into a meditative state so much faster than traditional meditation. And... I mean, the benefits of breath work are, you know, physical, they're psychological. It helps release emotions and trauma that's been stored in your body. People are always like, what does that mean? What does it mean your body? It's like, why, how do you just store trauma in your body? But when you think about it, when you have all these emotions and memories and interactions with people, you know, just a smell can bring you back to like a childhood memory, or you can be sitting in a rainstorm somewhere and nostalgia will hit you. Like those memories, the nostalgia, those kinds of things, they live in your body and you have different things that bring those to the surface. And so if that's true for the positives, unfortunately it's true for the negative things as well. And if you have stress, anxiety, childhood traumas, any of those things that you haven't taken the time to process, um, when you go into like a breathwork session, it'll bring up it'll release or bring up these different things. And so sometimes after breath work, like you'll be tired or you'll feel like you're having an epiphany or you'll feel really well rested. And it just kind of depends on like, what did your body need in that moment? Did you need to let something go? Did you need to just calm yourself down? Did you need to work around something? And it's a very intuitive practice. You're, you trust your body to give you what it needs. And I think that's really beautiful and I think it's really comforting and it's really calming. And typically if you're trying to just calm down, like a quick mom break, the four by four method, you're not going to have anything like traumatic come up because somebody's going to be like, I don't want to start crying randomly. What is this? Like a quick four by four, some deep belly breathing, you're going to be fine. But like when you go into those longer, like hour, 75 minute sessions, then you might, then you might start processing a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely had some of those sessions and like you said, like I experienced similar kind of experiences with when I first started out meditating, I felt like it wasn't working for me. I could not shut off my brain. I'm just like, this isn't working. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, like all those things. But it wasn't until I got deeper into breath work and like actually doing sessions with like breath work. Um, coaches or like, you know, different kind of people who are leading sessions and things like that and getting deeper into those practices. And then I'm like, oh, this is like, this is working now. Like, this is what I needed to do. <laughs> it's, it's, um it's a weird sensation. And um, when I was doing my facilitator training, so when I was trying to get all my certifications for that, I remember there was a really big one and they're like, okay, we haven't done this technique yet, but at the end of it, you're going to yell. 
So they like instruct you through it so that you experience it. And then you start instructing others. And it's a very hands-on training. And they were like, you're going to do this deep breathing for a couple of minutes and a couple of minutes. And then you're going to yell. And I was like, we're going to do what? And they're like, you're just going to scream. And I was like, I don't even, I don't, how often do adults go around screaming on commands? Like, I'm going to do what? And, you know, so we kind of went around and some people were yelling and some people, you know, had like these ear splitting screams and all this. And I was like, I can't do that. And it came to me and I opened my mouth and I just started laughing. Like I couldn't stop. I was like laughing until I was crying. And I was like, I have no idea where that came from. Like, it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny to me. And I just could not stop laughing. And then I was like, my God, I did the whole exercise wrong. Like that is the polar opposite of what I was supposed to be doing. But even with laughing instead of screaming, it wasn't wrong. It was just, that was the type of energetic release that I needed in that moment. And nobody said anything about it. They were like, yeah, sometimes that happens. Like you're going to have a whole room full of people doing breath work and it's going to be different for everybody. Prime example. And then they just moved on. And I was like, wait, there's no shame in that. Like I didn't mess that up. I didn't do it wrong. So it's definitely a unique experience. I think it's something everyone should try, even if it's just like the deep belly breathing, because at the end of it, when you release that, you're like, what was that? I didn't even know I could breathe in that much. I didn't know I could breathe out that much. Like it just leaves you feeling like awake and rejuvenated and refreshed. And if nothing else, I think that's a really good starting point. But I recommend it. Like you said, it's very cool. If you're profoundly lazy, like I am, and you fall asleep often, then Try it because it'll help you stay awake. Yeah, for sure. And even I've noticed like just with different guided meditations, like a lot of them aren't as effective for me, but Gabby Bernstein, like hers really are good. Like I like hers because she incorporates a lot of the breath work in hers. So if uh, moms are listening and you just want to download something real quick, go to her website and she has a bunch of downloadable like meditations that have like breath work in them. It just keeps your brain, you know, keeps your body more in the moment. Not like that slipping away, I'm going to fall asleep, um, like that grogginess, I feel like. But I like her as well. 10 out of 10, recommend. And then, of course, you can look them up on YouTube and stuff as well, or like guided breath work, guided meditation. Some of them also seem really cheesy to me. I think you're supposed to say that as like a spiritual worker or whatever, but like some of them are really cheesy and I'm like, I'm not doing this. I can't. They are for sure. I've, there's been so many times. I'm glad you brought that up. There's been so many times that I've been, I turn something on and then I'm like, I can't listen to this and like shut it off. Like, I can't, like I'm just not connecting with this. <laughs> no. And I think that's important too, right? To go back to like that individual piece. If you're listening to it and you're like, this is not for me. That's, that's okay. It doesn't all have to be for you. It doesn't all have to be the love and light and frills and imagine a golden butterfly in a hill. Like I listened to one once and I was like, I'm not doing that. And so like, if that happens, that's okay too. Scroll through until you find one that you like or make up your own. Just sit and visualize what you want. I feel like that's not talked about enough is if you don't like it, don't do it. For sure. Yeah. And that relates back to what we were talking about earlier. Like everybody's different. We're all going to find different ways to do these practices and to incorporate them into our lives. It doesn't mean one necessarily is right or wrong or that we're doing it wrong. It's just the way that we connect. Exactly. I think that's important with motherhood and with the spiritual piece is 
nobody's going to have all the answers for you to do it. Like it's really up to you to figure out what works for you and your family and your style. And if that doesn't look like anybody else's, like including a mentor or somebody that you look up to, then so be it. For sure. So uh, what would you say is the favorite, like something that you really enjoy doing in the current work that you're doing, something that's uh, your favorite that you really love, uh, anything like that? All of it. I love all of it. (laughs) I love what I've built. I would say one of my favorites is the tarot readings. Tarot readings will always be probably my favorite modality of anything. I think just because I was raised with it and, you know, my grandmother taught me and I got to see it firsthand over in Italy when I was there. And it's just a really rich history that has pieces from all over the globe. And I love bringing that in. I love the artworks. I love the decks. I love the intuitive reading piece. So that's huge. I love doing tarot readings. I will probably never stop I went from like hiding in my basement and doing them to like fully offering them to people. And I think that's amazing. Like 12 year old me would be absolutely shocked at that. And if it's not that, I would say it's just, it's this, it's the connection piece. It's the meeting all kinds of different people and hearing their stories and sharing your stories. Recently this past year, I was lucky enough to be a co-founding member of a group called the Worldwide Collective. You can look it up on Facebook or on Instagram. We're all over Uh, but it's me and a group of coaches and some not coaches. And we host free workshops every month. We're up to four a month. And, you know, I'm in charge of our networking workshop and twice a month, the first and last Tuesday of every month, anybody that's interested can come and join via a zoom link and we get together and we share, you know, What are we excelling at? Whether it's in your business or at home, Um, what could somebody help you with? What are you looking for? Are you looking to network? Are you looking to be on a podcast for the first time? Are you looking to like write a book? And it's just really awesome to have all these people come together for free. So, you know, nobody is getting paid. It's just like this general desire to come together and meet like-minded people and see like, can you connect with somebody that has something for you? Can you give something to somebody? And I think that's probably my favorite. If not tarot, then it's that. Just the meeting people and the seeing and the connection and like building friendships off of that, I think is so, so important and so underrated in most like workplaces that I value that a lot. I love that. I'm going to have to check that out. Look that up. Um, That sounds like an incredible community to be a part of. I think no matter what, I think all moms could use more community. Like, whether it's army moms or single moms or moms that are just alone a lot or moms in business. Like I can't count the number of times that even with like other coaches or entrepreneur friends or, or just moms in general that I'm like, I love my kid. She's driving me nuts today. And just have somebody be like, I get it. I understand. Or to tell them those stories. Like my kid ate four bananas yesterday and today won't touch a banana because she hates them. I'm like, why are they like this? Why are they such tyrants? Why are they so cute? Just be able to bond in that. And then, you know, I think most bonding comes out of things like that. Like, you have a kid, I have a kid. Let's hang out. Let's lift each other up because it's hard. Let's give encouragement. Let's give advice. Let's give business advice. Let's go on each other's podcasts. Like, I mean, the networking and the friendships and relationships that come out of that are invaluable. Yeah, I definitely love that piece of it, too. That's probably one of my favorite things and why I continue to do this podcast. I just love 
connecting with moms like all over the world, really, that I've had moms like from Australia, from Germany, from like all different countries. And it's just incredible. See, and it's a common thread. Like it starts with one thing of like, oh, hey, you're a mom. I'm a mom. And then it leads into you like this. I like this. You also enjoy binging murder shows. Great. You enjoy Bridgerton. Great. Like you like tarot cards. Me too. Like you never know. And I think that that's it highlights that humanity piece that for, you know, you could be here, you could be in Germany, but there's somebody else like having that experience as well. And it's something to bond over. And like, why not share in that humanity experience when you can't? Why would you do it all alone? That seems ridiculous. Definitely. A hundred percent. Yes, I agree with all of that. So switching over to like your business for a few minutes, what's the biggest takeaway you've learned from starting your business, do you think? Um, A personal takeaway or a business takeaway? One of each if you have them. (laughs) I would say the biggest personal takeaway is to always do your inner work, which can be a really touchy subject, but um, I think it overlaps with everything that we've talked about, that taking time for yourself, that caring for yourself doing something that's good for you, even if it's good for nobody else, Um, making sure that you're also, you know, eating properly, sleeping properly, doing things that fill your cup because you can't give back to anybody, children, spouses, you know, it doesn't matter. There was a lot, a lot of healing that I had to do to really get to be in a place where I could effectively serve others. It's one thing to serve on the surface, but to know that you're genuinely impacting other people, you got to do your own stuff first. And that's very uncomfortable. As far as business goes, I would say it's um, a similar message to what we were just talking about. It's like, nobody has to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. In the past year and a half of starting a business, I've met so many coaches. It's kind of mind blowing. And then, you know, that bleeds over into a coach has a friend that's published books. And the number of published authors I actually know is crazy. I mean, like we might not be like JK Rowling status, but you know, I think that's reaffirming. Like there's everyday people out there publishing books, making money. If that's what you want to do, there's people doing breath work. There's people like yourself that like, maybe I'm not a crazy mom. Maybe there's other spiritual moms out there that, you know, want to connect. I don't do my own graphic design, anything. I know somebody that does that and great. Maybe we can swap for like tarot readings or, you know, the situations are really endless. It's kind of a message of like, if you want to do it, You can do it. I have six friends that own candle businesses and they all sell candles, but they're all still successful because they do it in a different way. Like there's no reason that if something is calling you that you can't make it happen, which I know sounds very cliche because, you know, money is a very big deal. Marketing is a big deal. Those kinds of things. Yes. But I think if you really go after it, there's always a way through like your community and through the way things are. Look at you. Did you think that you would ever have a podcast? I did not. No, no, I did not ever think I'd have a podcast. I'm actually a very big introvert. So it's very shocking to me that I have a podcast still because I but I love doing it and I love connecting one on one. So I think that's what it is. Like if I'm connecting one on one, I feel really good about that. In other situations, I might be more quiet or introverted, if that makes sense. But it makes sense. But I mean, and then you've had to have people come up to you and be like, Oh my gosh, I listened to your podcast. Wow. This episode really resonated. Wow. This was so great. See, like in the smile that you get, like that was something that 
you maybe never thought that you would do it, but here you are doing it and being successful at it. And like the feeling that that gives you is just, I mean, I know the feeling it gives me is like, wow, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe this is something I get to do. It's that thing. Like there, you can always figure it out. There's always a way to do it. And I think that again, that connection piece and building connections and just being authentic when you're doing it is like how you call more of those opportunities and those people in. Definitely. Yes. The, the authenticity piece, that's huge. That is something that I'm super passionate about. I believe in authenticity through everything. If it doesn't feel like it's authentic to you, then don't do it type of thing. Yeah. I just, I love that. And I mean, that's how we found each other also. So there you go. It's just proven to work. Yes, for sure. So are there any other thoughts uh, you want to leave moms listening out there today with? Anything else to add? Any other words of wisdom or anything else you just want to throw out there? Um, I would say come connect with me. <laughs> Even if you're not doing services or anything, like come connect with me. We can talk about mom stuff or woo stuff or tarot or, you know, none of the above if it's anything else. Yeah, come connect with me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. I would love to hear from everybody. I'd love to hear opinions and feedback too. Like, hey, I agree with this or I don't like breathwork because of this. Like just something to start a conversation. I'm really passionate about that. I think it's a lot of fun and I think it's important. So come connect with me. And outside of that, no, not really. Thank you for having me. I always get so nervous. It doesn't matter how many times I do a podcast. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Yeah, of course. This was such a great conversation. I love, of course, talking about all things spirituality and business and all of those good things, all the woo-woo things. Um, Is there anything in your business right now that you're promoting that you're super excited about? Um, I'm always taking guests that want to come on and um, do my podcast with me. So as we mentioned, it's called All Things Woo. And I really created it as like a place to um, I think it kind of started more as like a journal, honestly, just to like share crazy, unexplainable experiences. Like uh, one time I lived in a haunted house. One time I think that a boyfriend that I had may have been possessed. Um, there's, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> that sounds very cliche, but um, you know, just fun, funky, unexplainable episodes. And then it kind of expanded into, you know, some coaches wanted to share what like spirituality was to them. And Some people wanted to just come on and share their own personal ghost story. And so now it's just a place for literally all the things woo. So if you have a ghost story or a modality or like you're a Reiki teacher or anything like that, like come connect, come hang out. Love to tell the stories. As far as coaching goes, I would say the Worldwide Collective is a great place to start. If you're curious about it, we're on Instagram at worldwide underscore collective or on Facebook as the Worldwide Collective. And like I said, it's a group of coaches and non-coaches. We have like a licensed hypnotherapist. We have a crypto expert. We have breakup coaches. We have sexual sovereignty coaches. We have youth mentors. We have people that aren't coaches at all um, that just work in mindset, those kinds of things. Sounds great. Yes. And I'll, um, I'll be sure to post all your links in the show notes as well. So everyone can go follow you if they're interested in striking up more conversations or just to check out what you're doing. And I watch your reels on Instagram. I think those are great. So as far as working with me, I am based in the Phoenix, Arizona area. So I offer in-person breathwork, tarot readings, and coaching sessions. A lot of my clients find me 
online. You can find me on Instagram at, at Taylor A. Talks underscore. And I have all of my offerings there. I have tarot readings, breathwork sessions, and various coaching packages to fit into everybody's price range. I don't believe that coaching should be limited to people that can only afford high-end tickets. So that's definitely something that I'm open to working with. And all of my coaching really comes from a spiritual and holistic lens, figuring out what it is that you need individually. It's um, normally really centered around intuition development because you can't strengthen yourself or your path without knowing who you are and where you're going. So that is working with me. And as far as the Worldwide Collective, we started as an online community for entrepreneurs, business owners, people that are aspiring artists, creatives, and we have grown actually very rapidly. And so we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page at Worldwide Collective. And we are also coming up on our very first in-person event. It's going to be in Chula Vista, California on June 4th. Almost said the third. It's going to be on June 4th. So if you're in the area, you can come on by. You can see a fashion show. We have a performer. We have a DJ. We have all kinds of booths of people advocating for their business, for their products, for things that they've created. It's going to be a very cool event. I'm very excited. If you can't make it to that, that's okay. We are currently working on retreats. There will be a couple of other events in October and in December as well. So things to look forward to. I would suggest joining the Facebook page or following us on Instagram just to get a feel for it. And we're all very, very responsive. So if you have a need for hypnotherapy, we have a licensed hypnotherapist. We have a graphic designer. We have a person that works on clothing. We have a business consultant. We have all kinds of everything, a little bit for everyone. And I think that's what makes us really unique. So that is a cool place to check out. And if you're not entirely sure if that's for you, I offer free networking events once a month. We also have a monthly ladies night networking. We have guest speakers. Just recently we had someone that came on and talked about monetizing your YouTube channel. So it's a very cool place to connect and get free resources. And I hope to see you guys either on Instagram or on Facebook. So thank you so much, Taylor. I really enjoyed this conversation. Definitely would love to connect again in the future and talk about more things woo-woo and all of that good stuff. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into the Moms with a Purpose show today. I am so grateful that you've decided to listen to my podcast. I am so excited to continue bringing you valuable content that will help you in your purposeful and passion-filled mom life going forward. So if you enjoyed the content on this episode... I would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. In addition, I want to invite you to join my Facebook group called Moms with a Purpose. I will leave the link in the show notes, but I would really love for you to join. We touch on all of the topics talked about on this podcast, plus feature free challenges and a chance to meet other purpose-driven moms that are out there doing, following their passions and pursuing their dreams just as you are in their own unique ways. 
So I would love to see you in the Facebook group. Until next time, have a great week and thank you so much for tuning in. Hello, friends, and um, happy Tuesday. I am going to be officially starting something new on the podcast. So this is the first week that I'll be doing this, but I'm going to um, be doing a special Oracle card energy reading each week um, and most likely released on Tuesdays um, because that's the day that works out best for me. (laughs) My daughter's in summer camp. I have a few quiet moments to myself in the morning, so I want to pull some Oracle cards for you guys and give you the energies for the week. Um, So this is a special day because it is summer solstice. It's the first day of summer in the northern hemisphere. So we're feeling those energies. We're feeling the shift in the seasons. We're going from spring to summer. I know I'm feeling like some personal shifts, some transformation happening. I feel myself shifting into something new, into a new direction, into just more power in my business, more purpose. Um, And I just, I'm feeling that shift. I hope you guys are too. And so I'll get started and I'll just pull uh, whatever messages come through. So I'm using the Starseed Oracle today by Rebecca Campbell. It's a beautiful card deck. Um, If you're interested in in getting one of these card decks, it's a really great starter one. You can get them on Amazon or hayhouse.com. Um, but Rebecca Campbell's a really beautiful, she has a lot of beautiful Oracle card decks. So let's pull some messages for today. Okay, so the first message that came through was Inner Earth. You'll survive this new solutions and beginnings. So this is a really um, relevant message for today, for for the summer solstice. I was just talking about new beginnings, shifting, shifting of seasons, changing of seasons. We're going from spring to summer. Some of us are experiencing new beginnings in this shift. Um, so inner earth is believed to be a hidden subterranean world within the planet itself. Many ancient cultures mention it in their stories. It's said that some of the beings of ancient lost lands, such as Lemuria, Atlantis, and Arvariata, went there. Hindu and Celtic lore mention caves and entrances to underground worlds. Tibetan Buddhism refers to the secret mystical city Shambhala, which is thought to be located in the Himalayas. So this, this message strongly, I feel, is about... Um, exploring your inner earth, your inner self, right? It is reaching deep down to explore what is it, what is it that you are desiring to bring into the world? So many have searched for inner earth in the physical world without success. So it's a mystery. Is it a place that exists in the physical or on another level of consciousness? So the messages coming through, there are solutions beyond what you can perceive. There's surprising outcomes to your problems and situations. 
There are resolutions that are in the best interest of all involved. If you find yourself facing an obstacle or feeling stuck and have no idea what to do, you're being reassured that there is a way out. You'll survive this and things will work out. Also, if you're feeling like you're stuck, if you're in a rut, I know some of this energy, um, I've felt some of this energy in the past week, just feeling like a little bit like, what should I do next? Like, if that's you, if that's you feeling like, what should I do next? I'm feeling stuck. Um, You're being reassured. This message is reassuring you that there is a way out. You will survive this. Things will work out. So soon you'll see new worlds of solutions come available to you. Signs from the universe, helpful people, and support in unexpected and expected ways. But first, you need to do something different to shift your focus. So you're being called, really, to shift your energy or your outlook. And again, this is such a wonderful message, especially on the summer solstice. I feel like this message divinely came to me to be shared with you um, as we shift in seasons and physical seasons on earth as we shift in our inner selves and our inner seasons. Um, this is all going to be very helpful in when you're, when you're reflecting on what your next steps should be. So I pulled another card. Um, it's called You're Not Alone. So this card is reflective of isolation, physical connection, and community. So this is interesting. So the first message is kind of asking you to go inward, to inner reflect, to do some inner reflections on what you're truly wanting to bring into the world, what you're wanting to manifest next, what your next steps might be. And then, um, you know, then the message is kind of, you're not alone. Go to your community, rely on your community Uh, have those physical connections with people. Uh, We are not meant to go it alone in this life, right? A lot of us might have been feeling isolated from the past two years of going through this worldwide pandemic and everything shifting in our worlds, right? Some of us might have walked away from previous jobs that we had. I know I did. And in a way, like in a sense, (laughs) that was a dream of mine, but I also feel sometimes that isolation, that isolation that you can feel when you are um, working from home by yourself, right? When you're creating your own business, when you're creating your own little world, (laughs) like that can feel very isolating sometimes, Um, So we might be feeling that isolation. I know I've heard, you know, some people say how burned out they are on Zoom meetings and how burnt out they are on um, online summits and all of these things and masterclasses because we've been sitting alone by ourselves for a couple of years now. So we can feel like we're connected more than ever to people around the world, but we yet we can feel more alone and isolated than ever. Um, you know, the energetic side effects of social media, of being connected all the time to technology, 
we're kind of evaluating what does that do to our physical person? What does that do to our physical being, to our auric, to our aura, to our auric field, and to our connections with our community? So you're being really called to reflect on um, whether you're feeling isolated, whether you're you're yearning for a community, a physical community, maybe look at joining like a physical meetup now that we're, you know, coming out of, I would say, quote unquote, the worst part of the pandemic. Um, you know, a lot of us are moving towards a more normal semblance of life again, whatever that looks like for you. So it might be an opportune time to look into a meetup group that you've really been wanting to try to meet some new people with similar interests as you to kind of venture back into the physical world to make those um, community connections, right? So how can you reach out to people in your life physically? And when you do, you'll notice that some of those other things start aligning that you, you know, we were talking about in the first card, the inner earth, you'll survive this new solutions and beginnings. This could be a new beginning for you to reach out physically, to have some of that community physically in your life. Then we have um, surrender to the sweetness. So this is Venus energy, pleasure, joy, make love to life. This is a beautiful card. So this is really a highly sensual feminine card. It's a call to surrender to the sweetness of life. Let the ever abundant feminine take over. Taste the fruits you've been working so hard to grow. Let your senses take over. Really drink in your life with wonder. Get intoxicated on the simple bounty that this planet has to offer and which you have within you when your well is full. So this is um, this kind of like calling on you to surrender to the beauty of earth, right? And this is another um, beautiful message coming through on the summer solstice because I know, you know, personally in the summer, I spend way, way more time outdoors um, because of where I live in the, in the United States. I'm in the Midwest. So a lot of time spent indoors in the winter and then summer, I shift over to a lot of time spent outdoors because it is just good weather. You know, it's sunshine, abundant sunshine. I like to get outside and soak in all the sun because I know that come fall, winter again, you know, we're going to, we're not going to have as much sunshine and it's going to be a little bit more gloomy. So I just love getting out and enjoying everything nature has to offer. So this is really calling you to enjoy to venture outside, surrender to the sweetness around you that earth has to offer. And going back to the inner earth card, where it's showing, telling you to go, to go deep into your inner earth, to your inner self, and reflecting in nature, uh, grounding yourself, taking walks in nature, taking a bike ride in nature, disconnecting from social media so not necessarily disconnecting from people you could you know maybe take one of your friends one of your community members with you on a nature walk or on a bike ride both get out into nature together and explore 
Um, so this is, I think this whole collective message is really about going inward, exploring your inner self, your inner earth, and what is needing to come out for you in this transitional season in from when we transition from spring to summer in the northern hemisphere as we're in this transitional season and as we're reflecting on our next steps in our lives in our businesses personal lives relationships whichever areas you might be thinking of um you're being really called to do a lot of inner reflection but also to go outside into nature to do that inner reflection because sometimes um, getting outside in the natural elements and enjoying everything this earth has to offer, that is the best, best way to start to listen, to start to truly listen to your intuition, to what your soul is guiding you to do, to what your soul calling is guiding you to do, and um, to get start getting all those intuitive downloads and messages that you've been desiring, right? So maybe that would take you a little bit out of that stuckness, like that inner earth was saying, you'll survive this. There's new solutions and beginnings on the horizon, but you have to be willing to um, come out of your isolation, out of your physical isolation, get out into nature, surrender to the sweetness of life in nature. How can you enjoy your life a little bit more? Is there a trip that you've been wanting to make, but you've been putting on hold because of the pandemic or other circumstances? Is that the right time to do that right now? If you have the resources and the ability to take that trip, to to step in that direction that you're being called to do this is a really opportune time to do all of those things right now so hope you enjoyed this collective um, energy reading and i will be releasing a new one of these every single tuesday right here on the moms with a purpose podcast um, i also invite you to come join me in my Facebook group, Mompreneurs Manifesting Abundance and Peace. Um, I have different prompts every day of the week. We dig deeper into um, different energetic concepts as well as we have some mini coaching um, around limiting beliefs. And we talk a lot about intuition development, manifestation, and um, kind of honing in on what our what our power is, taking back our power as um, intuitive moms who are building our big dreams and purposes in the world, right? So I really invite you to join me there, to join all of the other moms in that community. And um, yes, I, I hope to see you over there. So have a wonderful, wonderful first day of summer if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. And I will catch you on next week's energy reading. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everyone.